Hey guys, this is Girl Boss Radio from Panoply. I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder of Nasty Gal and the author of Girl Boss. On this show, I interview different women that I think are really interesting. Today's guest is Bethany Cosentino. She is a musician, songwriter, singer, and um, front woman for Best Coast. But first, I'm here with my friend Liz, Liz Carey, who will sometimes pop in on the show. She's an actor, comedian, and writer, and just someone who makes me laugh. <laughs> We're going to talk about our week, girl boss moments, and I hope you've sent us yours on the Twitter, and um, our different accomplishments. Liz, how was your week? It was great. I went to your holiday party. I went to a series of holiday parties. Did you have fun at the Nasty Girl Holiday Party? Yeah, I had a great time. Okay. I had a great dress. Uh, oh, God. Oh. Let's talk about Bootsy Bellows. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So after the Nasty Girl Holiday Party, which We was, had a oopsie pies. It, yeah, it's just like one of those nights where you should have probably gone home, which Rule is pretty thumb. much every night. Chris Rock has that joke, and we never what? listen to it. What joke? There's a Chris Rock joke about, like, you reach a certain time and it's time to call it. It's time to go home. So We never adhere to that. The Nasty Girl Holiday Party ended at 11 p.m. And we were like, oh, my God, I've had two drinks. We better go, yeah. like, make something out of it. And so we went to Bootsy Bellows. Yeah, which I've, like, heard of because I don't – but I've never been there. And her friend was DJing and – what happened? First of all, I wore tights that oh, 18 yeah. hours into the evening. Sophia's like, I hate those tights you have on your own. If you can't dress. hear her, she's saying that I said that I hated those tights. You asked my advice. I said, you should wear tights if they're sheer. I thought they were sheer. No, they were like opaque, but too small for you. So, Here we go. So like a little bit of color showed through. Here we go. Here anyway, we go. they were heavy. And I was like... Nobody. You can get away without tights. You've got great legs. Nobody said I was going to be the best at tights. And it's not that cold. So what? We got there. So we got. So we get in the Uber, which, by the way, none of us have addressed the fact that that Uber smelled like three dead cats. I didn't smell it. So I decided to take my tights off. And luckily, Superwoman over here had on a leotard and Spanx. <laughs> so I, I had like a lot of layers. So I slithered out of my. So I took my Spanx off. Because you didn't have any underwear? Who oh, wears tights without underwear? That just seems like let's a... Let's have a call in about... Like a moist... I don't know. Just like not absorbent enough. Periscope in or, if you wear... If you wear underwear with your tights. I want answers. I like cotton Who or the something. heck wears underwear with tights? You're like that little Too girl in like kindergarten who like pulls up her skirt and she's like, what? And you're like, you're... Why underwear, you underwear and tights. They have like built in. I pulled my spanks off. This is in the front seat of an Uber. In front of like these 18-year-old. Did you see the one that was grossed out? There was like a little girl who was like, ew. No. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is kind of weird, actually. Friends are friends. What's your girl boss moment for the week, Liz? What's yours? My girl boss moment is just continuing to noodle on girl boss, what it can be, and finding ways to integrate it with Nasty Gal so that all of my efforts just end up in the same place. Because I was thinking about like girl boss maybe being this like other thing, like over here, and then Nasty Gal being over there. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't even really work that way. It's all the same thing. Girl boss is like the spirit of Nasty Gal in like media form and you know speaking directly into how we like inspire girls and then nasty gals, how we dress you so that you feel great when you leave the house. Yeah. The end goal is the same. So I think it's just noodling on that. I just spent a lot of time thinking about it and diddling and in Google Drive and it just feels kind of endless. But 
I'm making progress. Congratulations. I too. One of mine is promise myself to never use the word noodling. So <laughs> I don't know where that's going to take Sophia um, and I. Um, but did I say mo- noodling? Moving on from noodling. Diddle- did you say diddling? I don't even know. Said noodling. Diddling is kind of perverted. My girl boss moment is, and Sophia and I had a discussion about this, is all of us girls, I think, fall victim to this. And it's, I'm going to no longer talk about what I'm doing with work. Or I'm just going to keep my, your nose to the grindstone. Grindstone. Nose to the grindstone. Yeah. Is that the correct phrase? Yeah. What's a grindstone? I don't know. And why would you want your nose all over? It sounds awful. I don't know. But that's what I'm planning on doing. I won't bore you guys to sleep, but I feel like people constantly ask you at dinner parties, what are you up to? What are you doing? You know, how's your script coming? Who are you meeting with? blah de blah blah And the best intentions of just sharing information with people have come back and sometimes bit me in the wrong way where ultimately you're just trying to tell people what's going on because they've asked a question. Mm -hmm. And I think my New Year's resolution is just going to be drinking more water, apparently. And um, (laughs) when I'm working on my projects, keeping my focus totally to myself and to the people that are involved in that project, because just kind of focusing on not spreading around so much and keeping things a little bit closer to your heart until they're... um, until they're ready to go. That's my girl boss moment. Moments. So keeping your car, holding your cards closer to your chest. And grinding my nose on stones. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is, this month is just major, major reflection month, at least for yeah. me. Yeah. It's a good time. I applied to art school thinking this they week? might like do me a favor and let me. Well, I wrote an email saying like, hi, I'd like to have a meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm really busy, but I want to go to your school. What school? Art Center in That's, Pasadena. I moved out here to go to that school. I, let's go. Oh, my God. And I ended up, when I was 17, signing with Wilhelmina, and that's where you get your test shots taken. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So all the students shoot you. All of them. All of them. At once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when from, you're a model on the From radio. every angle. And I wrote them saying, like, hey, I want to figure out a part-time program in, like, undergraduate stuff. I want to mm-hmm. study advertising because it seems, like, well-rounded. Are you going to get all schooled up now? I don't know. Oh. And they wrote back saying, sorry, we only offer full-time programs. Mm. So I guess I have to go to, like, community college or something. I'm not sure. It was fun to it's be, like – a beautiful campus. I know. Girl boss moment. Rachel G. Rasmussen. She's buying myself a little end-of-the-year bonus present and then installing it myself. Congrats, Rachel. I had to buy myself a new TV, and I thought it was the end of the world, and I had to hire no less than three men to install it for me. So good on you, girl. 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 I like this one. Wake up, yoga pants on, work like crazy, everyone thinks you worked out instead of skipping shower. Hashtag girl boss moment. It's kind of gross. Yeah. It's really funny. That's because you um, hate showering. Heather says, at what Heather said, says, I actually peeled myself out of bed at 6 a.m. for a workout trying to see if starting earlier will help me stick to it. Hashtag girl boss moment. I struggle with that so much. Having a kid will get you up and moving. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. If I was a mom, I'd hear like 6 a.m. I'd be like, ha, yeah, ha, there's really ha, no ha. excuse to not. That's really funny. What time did you get up today? Same time. I set my alarm for 6.40, 6.45, and then 6.50. And what time are you actually out of bed? 6.50. Damn. Somebody had the balls to call my home line 
at 6.30 a.m. this morning. Who was it? I don't know. A 323 number. Hmm. I'll find you. <laughs> Color ID. I'll find you. All right, Liz. On that note, I'm going to say thanks for being here. And we're going to move on to Bethany of Best Coast. Thanks for having me. Okay, time for our guest. Bethany Cosentino is the songwriter and voice of Best Coast. In May, they released their latest album, California Nights, which I absolutely love. Hey, Bethany, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. It's really cold. <laughs> it is cold. We used to complain that it was so hot in here that we were like losing weight, like uh-huh. it was a little sweat lodge. But now we're all kind of like curled up in balls. It's been really, really cold the last few days. We're going to bust out the hot chocolate yes. in just a minute. I'm stoked. I'm going to, yeah, we'll clink, we'll cheers. Yes. With the hot chocolate. <laughs> I was going to try to make a word out of cheers and chocolate, but that's really dorky. Cheerclit? Cheerclit. Cheer. <laughs> um, you grew up in La Crescenta. Where's that? It is above Glendale, basically. Oh, cool. So I grew up on the border of Glendale and Montrose, La Crescenta. It's like this very weird mountain kind of suburb town. But then it's very close to like Glendale and all that stuff. But it's close to Pasadena, too? It is. is. It's kind of confusing. It's kind of (laughs) nice. It's very like suburban, like, you know, all my friends play soccer. and. Did you play soccer? No. I played softball and then I quit. Because I got into like punk and I was like, I can't play sports. I have to be like a punk. What you was know? the first band that you got, like punk band you got into? I feel like the first band that kind of like was my segue into punk that I really, really got into was Blink-182. Okay. Which I think is a very like SoCal teenage <laughs> girl kind of thing, you know? Uh-huh. And then I started buying all those like punk comps where you could... Fat records. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I was very into that. But yeah, it was weird because I grew up in an area where everybody played sports and I just wanted to like listen to music and go to Hot Topic, which was still kind of punk back then. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> if that's even believable kind at all. But, yeah. yeah. And your dad was a drummer. Uh-huh. So music kind of runs in your family. Did you play instruments as a kid? Did you sing as a kid? I know you were a child actress. What did you do? Were you in commercials? Did I did commercials, yeah. Pizza Pizza? I, that's so really? funny because I actually was in a Little Caesars pizza commercial. I, I was a model for like uh-huh. – I don't know, six months in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Not much happening in San Francisco. And the only audition I ever went to was, was Little Caesars. Little Caesars. Wow. And the audition was literally jump up and down and say, pizza, pizza. <laughs> so you might have beat me. The one that I was in was a pretty popular commercial in the 90s. And it was like this family doing a conga line in a living room. And there's like a white poodle. I think the front of the conga line. But it was always on those commercial or those like shows. Poodles, like- we have so much in common. Do you? Three oh, yeah, you have like, okay, I've seen your, li- do you have anyway, like little poodles? I have three little okay. poodles. Conga line with not. a poodle and yes. there's pizza involved? Yes. That's, yes. it's like my whole life. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> it was really cool. I was like really young and it was a huge commercial and, you know those year-end things, which they probably don't even do anymore, but they'd be like, best commercials of whatever year it was. That commercial was always, like, number one. Wow. And, like, my family was like, yeah, uh, you're, like, in this famous commercial. They're cheese sticks. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Little Caesars, but those cheese sticks. I haven't been there in, like, probably since I They're was so good. I think they still that. have them in some Targets. I don't know. Oh, okay. And, um, I also... 
did like musical theater. I did all of the talent shows at my school. I did citywide talent shows. And like, wow. Yeah, I was kind of a show baby, but it wasn't really like my parents made me. It was like I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I saw my dad playing music and my mom did some commercial acting stuff as well. And maybe it was just like, oh, I want to do this because my parents do it. But I just kind of knew from a very young age that I really enjoyed singing and performing and like just being kind of an entertainer, I guess, in uh-huh. some sort of way. But you say that and you kind of just for our listeners, she's kind of like shrugging and saying entertainer <laughs> and ending her response with a entertainer. I guess. <laughs> when you think about someone who is in you know, actress as a child and in music, you think they're going to be someone who's just like so bombastic, like mm-hmm. such a big personality and is not like, well, I guess I, I want to be an entertainer. <laughs> Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Have there ever been times that you find yourself in front of a crowd being like, oh, fuck, what did I sign up for? I'm definitely an introvert, like for sure. And I think that I don't ever feel like, what did I sign up for? Like, what am I doing? (laughs) But I do have anxiety, especially like social anxiety, like talking to new people always kind of makes me feel a little anxious, which is why I think it's weird that in the end I did end up becoming an entertainer or somebody that has to get up in front of a bunch of people. What's the biggest crowd you've played for? I don't know the number necessarily, but we played Coachella like a couple years ago and that was a ton of people. And then we did a tour with Green Day a couple years ago. Oh, and wow. so we were playing like arenas, which What's was... Billy Joe like? He's actually really cool and like chill. We hilariously, the way I met him to even do that tour was his wife contacted our manager and was like, Billy Joe loves Best Coast. And I would love to have them come up and play his 40th surprise birthday party. Oh my God. So we were like, what? Is this like a joke. Is he in the know? Bay Area? Is he still yeah. there? Wow. And so they totally like hired us to play his birthday party and it was amazing. We met uh, some of the guys from Metallica were there. It was uh, Joan Jett was there. She was like wow. whipping Billy Joe in the in oh the like God. front of the like crowd where we were watching and it was very fun and uh, a very surreal thing to be a, a teenage girl that was into pop punk and stuff. Totally. To me, that Green was Day like... was like one of my first what? records. Yeah. Dookie was totally. like major yeah. or something. I remember friends drawing Dookie bombs all over everything. <laughs> yeah. I think was like, Speaking of female musicians, I guess Joan Jett, I'll segue into, you know, you played with Sonic Youth. Yeah, my old band so cool. opened for Sonic Youth. That's so, what was that like? It was crazy. I mean, it was another one of those things where it was sort of like we – I used to be in this band called Pocahontas, and it was kind of like a droney sort of – it was not music that I was very, like, familiar with ever playing or listening to, but it was just an opportunity for me to be creative and play music. Yeah, we just kind of, like, got this email, and it was like Thurston Moore – was a big fan. And so they were like, oh, you know, we want you to open these shows in Berkeley. I remember when I met Kim Gordon, I was really nervous because she's mm-hmm. Kim Gordon. She's awesome. And I went to say like, hi, it's nice to meet you. But I like mm-hmm. stuttered or something and like a different thing came out. And I was just like, oh, man, I feel like such an idiot. Like, I totally just embarrassed myself uh-huh. in front of Kim Gordon. But I think I said hi when I was <laughs> saying goodbye to someone earlier today as in a meeting. I shook their hand and I said hi. <laughs> like a moron. It happens. <laughs> like It happens. What was your first show ever like playing music? Did you go to open mics? I did, actually, when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. 
Actually, it wasn't open mics at all. This is a little even more embarrassing, I guess. Although I don't think open mics are very embarrassing. But I would go to, like, karaoke. And, like, there was this place in Pasadena, which was close to where I grew up. And it was called The Equator. And it's still there. But now it's just a full-blown, like, trendy, like, coffee shop place. Hmm. But when I was growing up, it was this really kind of weird coffee shop. But it had these Friday nights where they'd have karaoke. And people would come because it was where you went to, like, be seen if you were Mm -hmm. doing karaoke. I think there were people in there that actually thought they were going to get discovered from karaoke. Wow. But I was just kind of doing it because it was fun and I was a teenager and I would go and, like, smoke cigarettes in the alley. And, like, I got, like, a million, like, curfew tickets. And I was like, I'm cool. I'm, like, being a rebel. But I'm doing karaoke. (laughs) So the Colorado Boulevard. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, the most unpunk, like, cool thing I could do. But I thought it was cool at the time. Same, like licking the stamp and like putting it like, oh my God, I just like snuck into a show. You feel like, <gasps> oh yeah, yeah like yeah. a real thing. Yeah. For, Wait, know. where did you grow up? Sacramento. Sacramento, okay. So I saw like a lot of Hella shows. Okay. That is what was happening. Yay, oh my God, hot thank chocolate. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> so I said we would cheers. Yeah. And we're going to cheers. It's not going to make any sound, cheers. but cardboard on cardboard. <laughs> cheers. So your bandmate, Bob, how did you meet him? And just in general, you mentioned Pocahontas. And like, how do you get involved with different collaborators? How do you find people? Well, I met Bob kind of just through the L.A. music scene. And like when I was a teenager, I would go to this venue called The Smell, which is downtown. It's still there. But I remember it was like back when downtown L.A. was sketchy. And my mom was like, there's no way I'm letting you go to shows down there. Mm-hmm. But I like did it anyways because I is was like. Is it 18 and over or all ages? No, it's all ages. Okay. Yeah. I went down there and I started hanging with like a bunch of different people in L.A. that played music. And Bob was one of them. And he is a lot older than me, and he's this, like, metal guy. And the way we look is it doesn't really, like, mesh, but I really love that about us. It doesn't look like he would even want to be in a band like Best Coast, but he loves it. So I met him, and then he actually started doing a lot of stuff with Pocahontas, this band that I was in before. And so that's kind of how we first met and started playing music together. And then when I wanted to start Best Coast, I thought, okay, who can I like have do this with me? And I was like, Bob is really the first person that I thought of. And it's great. We are so different, but also very similar. So we get along really well and it works. Cool. So did you leave Pocahontas? What's it like to start a new band? How do you know you wanted to start a band and what was the idea for it? It's like almost like starting a business or something. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in Pocahontas, it was like right around the time that I was deciding that I wanted to go away to college. And so I moved to New York and then kind of just realized I want to pursue school and have that be my focus. And then thinking like music was something I knew I always wanted to do. I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll come back to it. What do you want to study? I was doing creative writing, but I was very confused if that was even what I wanted to be doing. But I was like 19 or 20. I don't even, at this point, I'm sure this is like for you too. It's like everything just blurs into one when you're as busy. I'm 29. Cool. And then funnily enough, when I was in New York and it was freezing all the time and like the winter came, I started listening to the Beach Boys, Mamas and the Papas, the kind of music that reminded me a lot of California. And that was kind of what made me realize like, I got to go back and Mm -hmm. I got to just like do something. And so I started just writing songs as Best Coast I wrote Bob and was like, hey, I'm starting this thing and it's it's California inspired and he grew up here too. So 
I knew that he would back that. It just kind of like happened in this way where I was like, all right, I'm starting this band. And I didn't have any idea that Best Coast would become Mm -hmm. what it did. Mm -hmm. I just thought that we would make a couple of like seven inches, maybe sign to like a small label, put a record out and just kind of like... Well, now we're on Harvest, which is a subsidiary of Capital. But before that, we were on a label called Mexican Summer, which is a boutique label out of New York. And Bob and I both, we were just like, this will just be a fun thing that we do together. Mm-hmm. We didn't realize it was going to be what it is and, and allow us to do the, the things that we've done over the last five years. So, What's that been like? Has it been fun? It has. It's, it's very surreal. I dropped out of high school. I dropped out of college three separate times. (laughs) I never really thought that I would be successful. Like I was kind of always like, I guess I'll just work like, you know, I worked at Lush. I I did. Yeah. The soap place. I did. I worked at Lush and I thought, you know what? I'll just work here. I can have tattoos and like, no one's going to tell me that I have to like take out my, I had my septum pierce at the time. Which is like cool again. I know. I like notice that. that. And I don't, I've seen some girls with like the really small, like little hoop, and I think it's cute, but I'm not really into the whole like big giant thing. Kind of ones that are like, aren't they, aren't they clip ons too? A lot of them. I have no idea. They have like these weird like flat, like decorative flowers at the bottom or something. I'm like, yeah, that's a little. I had my septum pierced too. Yeah. When I was like 18, but. I would never do it again. I don't yeah. think I would. I know I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a point where you're like, oh, this is dated. Or yeah, you know? and it and also then... was a very uncomfortable piercing, I remember. Mine wasn't too uncomfortable, but I think I have a lot of dangly stuff here. Oh, okay. There's a lot of dangly, dang- <laughs> dangly room. <laughs> How big of uh, an influence is California or the West Coast in your music and in your creative process. When I moved back to California from when I left New York, I realized that California was this place where I was like, I don't think I can ever live anywhere else or really feel the way that California makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And I just think that with the weather and like the geography and how it's mountains and desert and ocean and it's not the you same know. to listen to neil young in new york no it it's doesn't not really work yeah you know you can't drive around listening to neil young yeah like, and that oh, was something it. i really missed was being in my car yeah. and just driving yeah you know music and car- driving is like such a part of california yeah and really plus love. it's like that moment where you get to be alone mm-hmm. with your music in your car like doing your thing yeah so do i you, like it do you sing out loud out loud in your car i do sometimes yeah cool. What yeah. are you listening to right now? There's this band called Widow's Peak, and they're from, I think they're from Brooklyn, but they have a record that came out in this year that I really like, and I'm always listening to Fleetwood Mac cool. and Drake. Those cool. are like my faves. You know what I just <laughs> got into, which is really weird, what? and Fleetwood Mac reminded me of it, and they sound nothing alike, is In Excess. Oh, In Excess is great. They're so good. Yeah, and they really are. Parts of there's this album. The guitar sounds like Lindsey Buckingham's uh-huh. guitar sometimes, uh-huh. and it's so there's such a big band, like it's such a big noise. Yeah. Anyway, I just like somehow at 31 got into Excess <laughs> intentionally for the you know it's like yeah. I've liked stuff that I've heard, but yeah. to just get into it feels a little dorky, but. No, that's I think cool. that's I think that's great. That's funny. They're a good band. They are. What's your songwriting process like? Do you sit in a room by yourself and record stuff with a guitar? Do you p- play all the parts and then go, "Hey Bob, what do you think?" Do the two of you guys just jam? What's it like? So, we work very much in a way where it's like we're both 
kind of nervous and don't really like to be around other people when we're writing stuff. So it works in this way where we kind of just agreed upon that in the beginning because mm -hmm. we tried to record together and it just didn't really – or we tried to, like, write together in a room and it didn't work. But I write everything and I will just start out with a guitar and I'll just kind of, like, mess around on a guitar and then – the way I write lyrics is very kind of like the way I used to journal when I was like a teenager where I would just like write things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I do my lyrics too is I'll just basically just sing to the melody that I just came up with and make it very like stream of consciousness. It's just like what am I feeling and it just kind of comes out that way. And then I'll come up with some other ideas, send Bob an email that's kind of like a blueprint and say like here's what I'm thinking. Do you just record it on your phone? Or on my you... computer. Okay. What, yeah. what program do you I use? I use GarageBand still, okay. actually. All oh. of my music friends are using, like, Logic and all the, like, fancy programs, and I barely yeah. know how to use. My husband just got one called – it starts with, like, an A or something. He's oh. He's, really, like, obsessed with it. Ableton? Yeah. 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 My boyfriend is, like, very into that stuff, and he totally understands it, and I just – I'm like, I, GarageBand is easy enough What kind of music me. does your boyfriend play? He's in a band called Waves, and he oh, plays yeah. – it's kind of like pop punk – California. They remind me like a lot of Blink-182, which oh, wow. he loves when I say that. You but I, it. A, lo <laughs> a lot of people are like, is that cool to sound like Blink-182? I'm like, yes, it's cool to sound like Blink-182. <laughs> um, I used the word jam and then I feel like I, I just like had to like check myself because I used that word in high school. Like I played bass in high school and we would just say like, hey, let's go jam. But then yeah. I used it recently and someone was like, Dude, you don't say jam or something. Is there something wrong with saying jam? I don't think so. Do you no. jam? Not really. I would say when we use the word jam, it's usually like at our shows, we will have little sections of songs where we'll jam out the end. It's just like a, rock. It is a pretty dorky word. It though, is, but it? I think it, it makes sense because yeah. you really are just jamming. Jamming. You know? jam, jam. I think it's just the dawn of jam bands and, yeah. jam, you know. Anyway, you played tacky. bass. I played bass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I wanted to be like a solo bassist, kind of. Okay, which is like, <laughs> so I wrote like melodies on bass. Well, so like, and I was kind of like proggy. That's stuff, cool. Like a dork, but I didn't really ever play in a band. Uh huh. Do you yeah. still play? I have my bass. Yeah, yeah. We've got a bunch of stuff kicking around our house. Nice. Did you ever do vocal training? Have you taken lessons? I did. I took opera lessons for like oh my God. a year and a half, maybe when I was in like I think maybe the fifth or sixth grade. And I had this opera teacher who lived in Burbank, and she had horses on her property, and it was very. She had like two tortoises that would Aww. walk around the house, and I believe it was my fifth grade teacher was taking opera lessons because I was always singing in, in school and stuff. And so she was like, would you ever be interested in opera lessons? And I was like, sure. So I tried it. And I, I'm Italian. So it made sense too to like learn to sing like some opera songs in Italian. And it was very fun for me. And then I think I just stopped doing it. I don't know. I think maybe my parents were like, it's too far to drive to Burbank, <laughs> even though it really wasn't that Funny far. That but, works. Yeah. I want to talk about style because I know you've collaborated with Urban Outfitters mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and you're known for your style. How would you say your style's evolved and is your style persona different on stage than it is in real life or do you just wear whatever? I feel like over the last year, like in 2015, I 
got a lot more confident because I started exercising a ton. I feel like in the beginning of the band, also because of the fact that Best Coast got successful so quickly, I was very unsure of my personal style and I was kind of younger. I did I was very uncomfortable. And then over the last year I started well, for two years now I've been like working out like crazy. I'm like addicted to it. What do you do? I do cardio bar and I do this thing called Ballet Beautiful, which is like an online Oh, that's supposed to be really good. It is. And it's great for like when you're traveling. I do it on tour all the time. Oh, cool. Her name is Mary Helen Bowers. Oh, yeah, yeah, and she, that one. she trained Natalie Portman for and the Black one who Swan. got pregnant and just yes. looked like so. And it's just always like doing like otherworldly. Yeah. She's always doing like the high point yeah. stand thing. Splits in the air. <laughs> yeah. Just like full pregnant. Once I became more confident, sort of just in my own skin on stage, I'll like take I don't know, like five or six different outfits and kind of just differ between them. And then I started working with a stylist this last year. Who's that? Um, her name is Marissa Pendon. And when I do TV performances or any kind of like big show, like I'll have Marissa dress me. Have you and done SNL? No, okay. we haven't. Do you want to? I would love to do it, yeah. I've heard it's a really tough stage. I hear it's very like makes you like so overwhelmed and anxious i would imagine i mean did you see lana del rey when she first came i did out but on like I've, I've loved her since the beginning i was really unsure about her after that performance but it was so early yeah she just well kinda... i think it was it's kind of what i was saying it's like when you're banned or just as an artist or even as like an like, entrepreneur when it happens so quick you're just like, like what I is going on here. you know I'll just put on a boho gown and call it a day <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah so i think over the last year i kind of have gotten more confident and having a stylist that kind of allowed me to take risks. And she'd say like, here, wear this mesh sparkly catsuit with high-waisted underwear under it. And that's it. I'm like, really? And she's like, just do it. And I'm like, okay. How many days a week do you exercise? Well, I just moved. So it's been kind of like, I haven't really been exercising for the last week or so, which I feel horrible because it helps with like my like stress and anxiety and everything. But Without that as an excuse prior, it was usually like five, anywhere from like five to seven days a week. And it's not every day that I'm doing something like really intense. Sometimes I'll just do Ballet Beautiful at home and I can do it 30 or 40 minutes and it's just all like toning stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? But then once I realized you can feel better about yourself too, just not only like physically, but mentally too. If I don't exercise, it's, I, in which I haven't been, that's, getting dressed is so hard. That's like it's how I... Like strategically I covering parts of my body and at a certain point, <gasps> if I have zits on my chest mm. and I don't feel great about my legs mm-hmm. and, you know, then all I have are arms and it's like, I mean, I'm pretty covered today, but yeah, when you're not, I feel like I'll wear like a muumuu yeah. and I'll, I'll look the same as I did the week before, but I'll want to cover myself. Like yeah. To toe. No, it's, it's like you just instantly feel it's weird. Yeah. But it's, I think it's, I think there are worse things that I could be obsessed with. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about rock and roll and what that's like and what you've seen. Have you seen like drug abuse? Is that, I don't know. Is this like a weird grandpa question? <laughs> Has that been something that you've, that you've had to deal with or friends of yours have, have dealt with? Something that I have always thought about myself since I've become successful is I feel like when a lot of people like come into money very young or very quickly, especially like in music, because your job is to basically like 
party and you're like going places where they're like, here's your rider and your rider's like wine, champagne, whiskey, like, you know, so it can be very easy to like slip into What's bad rider? habits. What's a rider? R-I-D-E-R? Yeah. It's like what you get, All the what you get backstage. In your fridge and yeah. whatever. Okay. What, it's like what you just ask for. But, you know, it's like it can be easy to just be like, well, I just drink constantly. And do you, how often do you drink? I don't really drink as much as I used to. In the beginning, I will say that I went off. I was just doing this job and I was constantly touring. I love alcohol. I, I yeah. It. And it was mm. like there, you know, it was like there's whiskey, there's vodka. And then I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't. I like to drink, but I tend to really only drink wine now. Yeah. And I'll drink like whiskey every once in a while. But um, but you're exercising seven. sometimes five five days a week, sometimes seven. If you do that, you know it's like hard to get up and exercise if you drank the night before. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to figure out my routine, so that's why I kind of well, yeah. asking. On tour, it's hard because it's like you'll rage and then you wake up and you're so hungover and you're like, I don't want to do that. Beautiful. I know. It's like no way. So when you're at home and you're not moving, moving apartments or houses? Are you in a house? Yeah, I just bought cool. oh bought God. a house in Eagle Rock four years ago, sold my house in Eagle Rock, and just bought a new place. Okay. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You've had two houses yeah. and you're under 29. 30? Jesus That's Christ. That's pretty Congratulations. exciting. Thank That's you. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, what was it like when you bought your first house? I freaked out. It was like insane. I Were couldn't... your parents like, what? Yeah. Because no one in my family has ever owned a home. My parents never owned their own houses. So they were so proud. They were like, what are you? This is amazing. But You're like, buy me a house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe in the, another when you go pop, seven years. You yeah, go pop. we'll see. Do you ever find pressure to like go pop? Like, oh, my God. All right. I'm 29. I've got maybe six years to either keep doing Best Coast or go astra fucking nomical, dye my hair, exercise eight days a week yeah. <laughs> um, and become like a pop star. Is that ever? Has anyone ever approached you and been like, Bethany, you're the next Gwen Stefani. And this is just no doubt. <laughs> no, but there have been times where I've thought about and not now, but but I think maybe in a few years, I, I love to just create. I co-wrote and sang on a song on the last Weezer record. Oh, cool. And so there are a lot of people that will approach me to do things like that and be like, do you want to come in and like sing on this song or like write with this artist? And I'll do it. And for the most part, I feel like that kind of gets some of the like big pop star things out of me. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like at one point I would like to make a pop record and maybe have funny it. just to put yourself to be like, that's so not me, but I yeah. want to see me. But I just think it could be fun. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that'll happen one day. But I think for now, I'm very content doing what I do. And I do a lot of stuff outside of the band, like I said, like co-writing. And I'm basically the person in my band. Like Bob is like, I don't want to go do a photo shoot. He's like, I don't want to do that. I'd rather like stay at home. You go do that, you know? So it's like... It's cool, though, because it's like it's not a no doubt thing where it's like don't speak, you know, remember the music video where she's like in the front and all the guys are in the back. Yeah. And it's not like that with my and band. they're like, what about us? Yeah. So with my band, like, it's very like Bob's like, I don't want my picture taken. If people want you to be the the person that talks in for both of us, that's fine. I'm like, OK, yeah. <laughs> which is sometimes a lot of pressure, but. I think I handle it. Is there any pop that you're into right now? Like, Well, I love Britney Spears. I've always loved Britney Spears. I think she's amazing. Have you seen her in Vegas? I haven't. I feel like I should. Did you see it? I did. Yeah. It was a little like someone propped her up and was just like, here, go. Yeah. You know, she's had an insane career. So yeah. I would imagine at this point she's kind of like... 
She's still Britney. You know, you know the dance shit. Yeah, the the dancey stuff mm-hmm. that you find on Spotify workout radio. I like it. Yeah, the new stuff is, yeah. is okay. I actually also really like the Justin Bieber record. I need to buy records. Do you buy records? I try to, <laughs> but I usually buy stuff on iTunes just because I travel mm-hmm. so much that it's like still qualifies as purchasing. E- music. Yeah, but I just I used to be like obsessed with buying like records and vinyl, and I yeah. just don't really do it anymore. Yeah. But if I do like something, like if I hear a record that I really like, I'll usually go out and buy the vinyl of it because I just want to have it. Yeah. What genre of music do you wish would go away forever? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would have to say probably like EDM. There are some EDM songs that I'll hear and be like, that's actually a really catchy song. And like you think if you're like in Vegas at the club and you Mm -hmm. heard that, you'd be like, oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I'm like, I hear it in like Ubers and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I hate this. I don't know what the difference between EDM and like all these other genres of electronic music are. Then maybe I just mean like that whole thing in general. Yeah. And just like how people are still doing the like, dropout thing remember like on jersey shore when they would hit the ground and then the beat comes back and they like start fist pumping oh god yeah it's like not going away i know and that was a long time ago and then, like so things like, spray and yeah falls yeah from the ceiling and like there's like club. air horns and i love oh. saying the club people will be like well, what's the difference between that restaurant or if i'm recommending something i'll say well, that one's more the club and yeah. then there are some people that get that and other people they're like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> not a fan of clubs I went, I went to bootsy bellows where's other, that i don't even know it's near soho house okay see i'm so like not cool la i'm not cool either i just got dragged there i was like i'm definitely too old to be here i have to do stuff like that a lot for work and you have to like just go to sort of like do you dj at stuff yeah we dj stuff cool we dj some stuff and i'll dj stuff on my own which is fun but actually a funny dj thing we dj'd a dolce and gabbana party in beverly hills and it was pouring rain and they like stuck us inside in this like crazy mansion and bob and i were djing it together and we were just like in a corner my friend was there and she was dancing in front of the table like because we were just like like, yeah, there's nobody here. But it's just so funny because it's like so not our vibe. But it was cool that they were like, we want you to come do this. What but did you play? What do you play when you DJ? People always say that our DJing style and mine too on my own is like being at someone's bar mitzvah. <laughs> I'll just go from like Spice Girls to like Hotline Bling because it was like that was the biggest song this year. I had to put that on. And then like Belle Biv DeVoe. We just want to like. You're not like a And then we'll put on. No. Well, no, no, no. specific no. DJ. That's not my vibe like yeah. at all. Not even yeah. just in DJing, just in life. If I like Sugar Ray, I'm just going to say, I like Sugar Ray. I think they're cool. Um, <laughs> I kind of do again. I'm glad that you feel that way. Are you friends with Mark McGrath? I'm not, but he tweeted at me because I talked about his rec, them being an influence on our last record. It wasn't a joke, but there was one song on the record where we just kept making Sugar Ray references. But I guess I talked about it in Rolling Stone, and Mark McGrath saw it. And so he tweeted at me, like, thanks for the shout-out in Rolling Stone. Like, can't wait for your record. And I was like, what? And then I became friends with Stephen Jenkins from Third Eye Blind, which was really cool to me, too, because I love Third Eye Blind. That's really funny. I feel like I've seen Mark McGrath around, and I think there's, like, a Botox thing happening. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. For girls who want to be in music, what would your advice be? Go to the smell? I mean, (laughs) if you love playing music and if you feel like you have a talent and you feel like you are very passionate about it, I would say just 
keep doing it because you never know. Like I said, I didn't ever think Best Coast would be the band that would like allow me to be 29 and own a house and, you know, like do all of these amazing things that I've gotten to do, meet all of these incredible people. And so, yeah, I think it's just kind of like just do it and, you know, just have it be a thing that you're very like passionate about. And then you never know, you know, you could just quit your job at Lush. Yeah, stop you could bath just bombs. Uh, I love Lush, but like I can't because since I worked there, it's like when I go in, I'm just like the smells uh-huh. are so intense in there yeah. that when I go in, I just it takes me back to working there. And totally. I'm just like, oh, my God. And it was one of those places where you had to be like, Oh, let me show you this new. Would you like a free like hand scrub? And you had to like sell things to people. Yeah. And it sucked Uh because I know when I'm shopping, unless I ask somebody like, hey, can you help me with this? I don't want someone coming over being like, can I slather this shit? on? Yeah. You you know, so I always felt so bad. And I'd be like, I really don't want to bother this girl. I think she just really wants to get a bath bomb and like go home on the job. is like, I'm sorry, (laughs) massage therapists, all of you guys out there. But like for me, respect to that, because I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Touching people on the job is I would really lose it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Did you work any like retail jobs? Um, oh my god! Actually, I'm gonna I, give you a copy of my book. No, right I now. read. I remember reading your. I read your book. Oh my actually, god. like when it first came out. Oh, cool. Because my mom, I think I've like messaged you on the internet and told yeah. you this. My mom's obsessed with you. Okay. She is like thinks you're just the most like that's so cool inspirational. Like she's been following you since the eBay days. Because my mom like design stuff and like has sold on eBay. But so she bought the book and she brought it and she was like, you got to read this. And I read it and I don't even know why I asked you that question because I totally remember there being a whole thing in there where you talk about retail. Subway, photo labs, dry cleaners. I did landscaping. I've worked at naturalizer shoes, Dexter shoes, (laughs) aerosols. I've worked at a fancy shoe store uh-huh. um, and sold like fancy stuff, but I would not shower and sleep and uh-huh. just hang out and then show up stinky to work and try to get away with it and like sell like Miu Miu shoes or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I respect so much the people that work in retail, especially having done it, yep. going into stores and seeing like, especially like around the holidays. I think everyone should have to work retail at some point. Yeah. I mean, everyone should have to work in customer care. Yeah, or just, totally. Work some crappy job because I think if you have it too, you know, it's like you go straight from high school to college Mm -hmm. and, you know, everything lines up with your dreams and you never really experience what a shitty job feels like being on the receiving end of an asshole customer. Well, it also just just a different place. Yeah. And it makes you really appreciative of, for example, with me and Best Coast, even the days where I'm like the most exhausted and I've been on tour forever and I'm like, not sleeping and I'm like oh my god the bags under my eyes are just like getting bigger because I'm just so tired I'm like well I don't work retail anymore so I need to just be like still in good shape still grateful yeah (laughs) totally yeah so is it usually luck for most people or do you find that people really go out there and try to get in front of whoever it is that they need to get in front of. Depending on the person, because I think a lot of people can be very like, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to like take my demos around. And I don't know that it necessarily works that way so much. I think for some people it does. You know, if you want to start a band, and this is advice I always give young girls that, because we have like a lot of young girl fans, me especially, which is like the Mm -hmm. coolest thing ever Mm -hmm. to me. And they'll come up to me and they'll say like, I just started playing the guitar, like, 
I want to write music. What do I do? And I'll just say, like, just sit down with a guitar and, like, write about how you feel. Because I think that music that's personal is the stuff that you can really connect to the most. And so I'll just say, like, just do that and then grab a couple of your friends at school and just be like, here's a bass. Learn how to play the bass. It's not super hard, you know, and you can always just do something simple. Just, like, start a band with your friends and just, like, play shows and to play shows can be a little tricky, but I think now with the internet, you can really access so many things or even mm-hmm. if you just make a Twitter page for your – I mean, you see so many success stories YouTube, of artists yeah. and, yeah, with YouTube and Twitter, like, oh, I just put my stuff up there and then, you know, somebody with a lot of followers retweeted it and then all of a sudden it's like a song, that you know, a big song. So it can really happen and I think it's just – Depending on the kind of person you are, you can either just go kind of at your own pace and just do it because you love it and and really hope that it'll work out and try and like promote yourself as much as you can. Or you can go the kind of like more old school way with the demos. But it's not very easy to get into those music industry offices and be like, here's my demo. It's not really the way it used to be, you know. They really find most artists on the Internet now. So just be really into the Internet, which I think most young people are these days. So We are into the Internet. This is a podcast. (laughs) Um, What do you attribute your success to? Why do you think you've made a bigger impact than another girl with a guitar? I mean, that's something that I kind of on a daily basis ask myself that, you know, I've always been very dedicated to staying true to who I am as an individual and really making my brand and my myself as an artist in Best Coast and sort of like as a front woman, kind of always just being myself and trying to like encourage other girls to just be themselves and to not really feel like they have to conform to some specific way that society says that like women need to be and I've always kind of just been the one that's like I'm myself you know I'll be like I'm eating mac and cheese watching Seinfeld and people are like that's so cool that's exactly what I'm doing Mm -hmm. I think people can kind of relate to me in this way where they're like I see you as a talented musician and I love what you do what your art is but I also see you as a very like average kind of normal person so I would say too that if you're trying to really make it just be yourself and and don't ever feel like if somebody tells you like, well, if you really want to make it in this town, you got to like lose 30 pounds or you got to do this or you got to do that. It's like we no, you don't have to do that. I would really just hope that my story of success in just kind of being like a high school dropout and like not really, you know, just kind of being like, well, I worked at Lush before I started this band. And then my band just kind of got big and I've always just stayed myself throughout all of it. I think that hopefully that can be a some sort of inspiration to younger yeah. girls that just are like, okay, I don't have to totally change who I am to be successful. I can just be yeah. my like post-pop punky self, you yeah. know? <laughs> and you have something coming up with Cherry Glazer and... And Waves. Yeah, we're doing oh, this... this uh boyfriend's band. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We're doing this tour in February and it's called Summer is Forever two because we did a summer is forever tour with best coast and waves five years ago oh, wow. so we decided that Have you guys been together that long we've been together for like 10 years like on and off That's it's been a very wow. kind of like back and forth thing but we just bought a house together so i would say that now we're officially like 
there's not going to be any more 10-year on and off things. Put a ring on it. <laughs> no pressure. But yeah, so we're doing this tour. We uh, just kind of decided we should tour together. He put a record out earlier this year. I put a record out earlier this year. So it was sort of like, let's just do this tour. Cherry Glazer is a band that I really like. And I think they're so cool. They're so cool. Clem is the coolest, the Have singer. Have they blown up yet? They've gotten like a lot bigger than they were, and I think they're gonna be like really big at one point. I think I that love their sound, but like Clem is like she's already twenty one, or she like just turned like nineteen or something. Wow. But she's like so fucking cool. When I was eighteen, I was like wearing like cat collars and just had like asymmetrical haircut. I like think didn't I was look cool to, like, at all. Atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I that that, cool. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like weird white boy rap. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we buy tickets for, for that? You can go to our website, which is bestcoast.net, and they're on there. And I think the show in L.A. is, I want to say it's the beginning of May, and it's at the Henry Fonda. Oh, cool. How um, many cities are you going to? It's three weeks, so it's like a pretty good amount, and wow. it's like we'll hit a lot of the major cities. So it's a national and, tour. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this has been really fun. Yeah. That was this week's installment of Girl Boss Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week, so please tune in. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thank you also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Girl Boss, on Instagram at Girl Boss. Our email address is podcast at girlboss.com. And you can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Sophia Amoruso, S-O-P-H-I-A-A-M-O-R-U-S-O. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. Thank you also to the band Phases. Our new theme song is from their song, I'm in Love With My Life, and to Joel Jark de Graff, my husband, for our interstitial jam. I'm Sophia Amoruso. I'll talk to you next week.